Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Um, we're, we're doing classic things, right? Or classic stories or statements. Um, and I want to just touch briefly on Christianese, right? Anybody heard of Christianese? So my wife was not very fluent in Christianese when we met. So for the longest time, she thought when we finished a prayer and we said, and all that agreed said, she actually thought people said, and all that are Greek said. <laughs> so I had to, no, it's, uh, it's all that agreed with that statement said, amen. Um, so I want to touch on a little bit, right? So Christianese is like what we have in the, in the, in the church or the body of Christ. If you didn't grow up in church, um, you're probably not very fluent in Christianese. So you're, uh, what, what is it, ESL? So you're CSL, Christianese is the second language. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to let you know there's a lot of things that can be confusing, which is why we've done Christian classics to explain some of these stories that you hear a bunch of people that are fluent and Christianese talk about. And you go, I have no idea why everybody is talking about mustard all the time, right? I'll let that sink in for some of you, right? Someone just got it. They're like, oh, that's great. Dad jokes, right? But one that I really, um, I actually really wanted to show you was, do we, did we end up getting the memes? I got some Christian memes. Is your name Faith because you're the substance of things I've hoped for? <laughs> How good is that? So if you don't know what that Christianese is, go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Um, next one is, so is it, I found out she's a Christian too, so I guess you could say things are getting pretty serious, right? So um, if you're not in a relationship yet, but you're a born-again Christian, you need to wait until they're a Christian, etc. Anyway, um, so that one's that one. So I thought they were a bit of fun. We could get stuck on this all night, right? So if you want more, just go to Instagram, Christian Memes. Okay, so they're fun. One that we do at City Point is we have, um, we have one that we like to say. A lot of modern churches say it, but I love this phrase. If you haven't heard it yet, welcome to this statement, is we love doing life with you. Anybody heard that one? Yes. We actually mean it. It's not just, you know, a meme for jokes. We actually do mean it. Um, and I like this one is kicking goals and winning souls. I think I made that one up, but I really like it. So I'm touching on, on that one a little bit. I want to touch on kicking some goals. Is that cool? So I'm going to do a Christian classic, um, one of my favorite. And I believe it's, it's probably the biggest topic on planet Earth right now. It's probably the biggest topic of our generation. And probably even more so, it's probably the largest topic in human history. That's what I feel anyway. That's my opinion. It's what I found through looking at history. Um, there's nothing greater, there's nothing stronger, nothing more powerful, nothing more dividing at times, nothing more unifying, nothing more comforting, nothing more painful when it's taken away or not given back in the same measure. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're probably starting to figure out that tonight, Pastor Sam already touched on it, I want to talk about love. Everybody say love. Love. Everybody loves and everybody wants to be loved, right? You know, Whitney Houston is that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. P.S., that was a Dolly Parton song. So that was a, that was a country song before it was a hip-hop pop song, all right? Boom. Take that one home with you. Anyway. <laughs> it was. Look it up. I'm serious. There's a way crazy, like, folk-style song of that. Um, just stick to Whitney Houston version is what I'm going to tell you. Anyway. But um, love is, the reason I want to touch on it is because I, I have never seen before, obviously I'm only 30, so I haven't seen many generations, but our generation... 
is not, I guess, unlike many others in, in the fact that we are so confused on what love is. We have a misunderstanding of what love is. But never before has a generation had so much confusion that is accessible and spreadable through things like social media. Um, and so we're in a, in a situation where we need to, as a church, understand what love is far greater than previous generations because every 10-year-old kid or 15-year-old kid is going to their phone and is going to the internet to uh, spread their confusion on love and their identity. And we need to have that absolute truth in our life. Amen. So English has one word, right, for love. So it's I love football. I love my job. I love my brother. I love my cat. Actually, I don't love cats. I love my dog. don't have a dog. But when I do, I will definitely say that I love my dog. Um, I love my boots. I love my mom. I love my kids. I love my wife. I love technology. Uh, Terry loves mango yogurt. Um, yeah, right there. I love Jesus, the Savior of the world. I love the body of Christ. I love God. I love nachos, and I love toasties, which we're going to be out on the green, but we're flooded, so we're going to be out in the cafe. So you can get your toastie after this service. Get it. But the Greek, there's a lot of different ways. I'm only going to briefly touch on four and then spend the rest of this talking about one. So there's four Greek words. We, do we end up getting that? So I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Every time I look at it, I just think it says storage with a funny accent. Sturgio sounds like an Italian name as well. Um, anyway, it's a general sense of affection. Um, it's like you feel that love and affection towards like a cat when it's cute or the guinea pigs when you have the petting area. You're like, oh my gosh, I love guinea pigs. You don't really. There's just a feeling. Anyway, the second one um, is eros. Um, that is for a husband and a wife only. All right. Amen. Thank you. Moving on. Um, and then there's uh, filio, or if you say phileo, it just makes you hungry. It sounds like, anyway. But that's the bromance stuff. So that's like Pastor Dan and I just, yeah, come on. Brotherly love right there. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Or a friend. You just have similar interests, so therefore you have this kind of love interaction with each other, right? So that's, that's good stuff, and we need a lot of that in our world as well. Um, but the one I really want to touch on is called agape. So if you struggle to remember how to say that, it just looks like when I glance at it, it just reminds me of grapes. I'm just, I'm a visual person, people, so, all right? And grapes are kind of like a sign of royalty. Anyway, um, so it's a love that gives, um, which is a very, 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 very brief way of putting it. But I want to touch on that tonight. So open your Bibles up to 1 Corinthians. Come on, we need to do a, uh, an OG Bible renaissance, okay? Bring back some, some uh, solid word into you. But if you have technology, that's fine, because we love technology, right? So we're going to touch on this. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Everybody's like, what? That's not Christianese. I don't know what you're talking about. 14, verse 1. I'm only going to do the first part. Let love be your highest goal. Right? So when it was Benaiah's uh, birthday, we went to the trampoline place. Um, and Dan and I immediately eyeballed, like, the basketball hoops. All the youth, they've been there, right? And immediately, both of us were like, I could do the big one. I can do it. I can go for the, I can, I'm going to get the big one. I'm not just, I know I can do it, but I'm, I'm going to do it. So I made my way down there in my socks and tried to do it. I definitely could not get it. It is so high. If you've been there, it's ridiculous. So the, the little one is for little kids. The middle one is like a normal basketball height, but it's got a trampoline. So you feel like you're Michael Jordan. Um, P.S. I brought some Christian memes here for you tonight. It's Christianese for you at its finest. The ultimate high, Romans 10, 9. Air Jesus. And he's holding the world in his hands. That's so Christianese. 
It's so bad. I picked it up off the pile this afternoon and I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. You love me so much. And my wife was like, I knew I shouldn't have washed that shirt. It's amazing. Anyway, moving on. Let love be your highest goal. So we're going to pick it up. So that is like he's finishing off the chapter that we're going to look at. Let's go to 13, right in the beginning. Just so you remember, there's 13 verses in the chapter 13 of Corinthians on love. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Sounds awful. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrifice my body I could boast about it but if I didn't love others I would have gained nothing here we go here's the star verses four to seven love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude it does not demand its own way it is not irritable it keeps no record of being wronged it does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices when the truth wins out Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And it goes on and on and on. I love this in verse 8. This is, but love will last forever. Write down to verse 13. Three things will last forever. Say it with me. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Love. I'm talking about the highest goal in the Christian walk. It's like the big basketball hoop that you can't get, like, if you're as short as me. Anyway, we're going to reach for the highest goal. Is that cool? The title of my message tonight is the highest goal. And I'm going to run through some points with you here. First one, I want to lay a foundation. So my first point tonight is God is love. So simple, right? Like It's about as Christianese as you can get. Don't ever forget it. God is love. Not anything else, God is love. And that is our foundation and that is our absolute truth. Let's go to 1 John 4, verses 7 to 8. Dear friends, let us continue to, oh, there's that great word, agape one another. For agape comes from God and anyone who agapes is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not agape does not know God for God is agape. See, our world struggles with the absolute truth thing because we, we waver. If you don't have a, a meter to measure love or the feelings of affection that you have, you have nothing to go off of. So for us as Christians, this is where we start. We have to know that where we go to for our measure of love, for our watermark, for the starting point, for the benchmark, it's love. It's God. We go to God for the understanding of love, and God is agape. God is love. The thing I love about that word agape is it's not just a word that, um, that you lay down and it gives, but I love this um, when I was reading through different, a whole bunch of different translations and uh, commentaries, and I love this is, it's not just giving what a person wants, but what a person needs. So I didn't ask for Jesus to die on the cross, but for God so agape the world that he gave, I needed Jesus to die on the cross. It was far more than what, me, what I ever wanted, right? It's a powerful, powerful love. John 3, 16, for God so agape the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's our foundation. Point number one, bang, moving on. Point two, love is a commandment. This is where it starts heating up, okay? Just disclaimer. Number two, love is a commandment. 
for the body of Christ, it is for the body of Christ, and it is not a suggestion or a recommendation. So there's a difference, right? <laughs> yeah, I read this, I'm like, oh, so I can't just like not do it when I don't feel like it. That's actually a commandment. I love this because Jesus said he came, well, came to fulfill the law, came to fulfill all the other commandments, but then he came and he said, I've got a new law for you. So it's John 13. There's three things here I just want to show you quickly about Jesus stressing the point of this being a commandment. So John 13, 34 to 35. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's, that's just, we could go home right there. Then John 15, another, another couple of chapters later, it says, now, so I, he gave the commandment, he's, he's reiterating, he's going, this is my commandment. Here, I'm going to read it to you. It's the same word, agape each other in the same way I have agaped you, which was for God so agape the world. In the same way I have agaped you, there is no greater agape than to lay down one's life for his friends. You're starting to realize that this word has shown up a lot more than, than, uh, than just run-of-the-mill love, right? And then I love this, because this is for the body of Christ, is this was his prayer for us, that he knew thousands of years from now we'd be sitting in this church building on a crazy, rainy, stormy night, learning about love, and he says, I am praying not only for the disciples, so the world will know the disciples for the ones that are following me now that have heard this commandment. I'm not just praying for them, but also for whoever will believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be, they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So this commandment is for us to love each other as a body of Christ so that the world will know that we are disciples of Jesus. And he's praying that because of this love that we will be unified and in that unified oneness with God and each other that the world will know that Jesus came. That's through us loving each other that the world will know Jesus is real. That is just awesome stuff. And I love this. I remember the first time I read this um, and I went crazy and started doing that uh, one another, one another hashtag. We can, we can bring that back. Let's do it. So for the body of Christ, this, is, this, is, uh, uh, this blew my mind. So there's chapter 13, right? So if we go to chapter 12, so if you're in a hard copy, just flip and go to chapter 12. I'm not going to read all of it because there's a lot. So I'm going to read a little bit here. So the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. And then down to verse 20 and 21. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. And right down the bottom. This just blew my mind. So before I get to this, is the church uh, in Corinth was like the New York. It was like L.A. It was London. It was just this high-paced church church that was caught up in a society that 
uh, had lost its identity sexually, had, um, had no understanding of what love actually meant. They were running on high finances. They were a poor, they were just, they were living life. They were mixed up with the things of the world and the craziness and the pace. And, and their understanding of the body of Christ came about. There's going one, you know, the spirit, Paul's trying to say, one of you gets this gift and one of you gets that one. One of you gets this. And then in 12, he's trying to explain going, now one of you has this one and it may not seem very important, this gift, but that's the most important one. You have, to, you have to cherish that. And so the church had this lack of understanding of they were trying to ride the, the, the ladder of career success within the body of Christ. And so therefore, they were causing division. And then he says, okay, now that I've, I've explained all the gifts and how the, the Spirit, he's the one who gives them accordingly. And then right down the bottom, I love this. But now let me show you the way of life that is best of all. And you do this beautiful biblical transaction where you flip the page and it's love. This chapter on love was not meant for Christianese speaking weddings, although we use it and it's beautiful. So if you're getting married, go ahead and use it. It's great. Use it in your, in your marriage. But this passage of 13 was intended for the body of Christ, a, un, a divided church that was struggling to find their identity in Christ, struggling to interact with each other. This type of love was meant for us. This powerful love was meant for us, and the most powerful way that it is used in the world is through the body of Christ. I love it. All right. So it's for us. It's a commandment. God is love. Two, it is a commandment. Three, we're moving along here. All right, we're doing it right on time. Third point here is clothe yourself in love or agape. Definitely not grapes. Don't clothe yourself in grapes. <laughs> so... I, li I like this concept. I was, I was going over it. I was like, okay, God, you know, I've it's got this understanding now. We know that the word agape is the one that's used. So we have this foundation. We understand that God is love. Okay, we understand it's a commandment. But how, and, and I understand now I've got the characteristics. It's okay, checklist. How, how do I go about that in my daily life? How, how do I do this thing? If this is the highest goal, if this is what God did, how on earth am I going to do the same thing that Jesus did, right? So this one is here. It's in Colossians 3. Uh, verses 12 to 15, if you want to find that. But I love uh, my, my little boy. He's two. He's almost three. Uh, and he is, uh, he's wild, uh, um, just I guess like his father, um, except I don't do this uh, anymore. Um, so my boy loves running Starkers through the house, right? Um, most, most boys do. Uh, he just, he loves it at any given point. Yes, my wife, he just, his clothes are just off. Come home from church, what, Charlie, why, why, why'd you take your clothes off? I don't know. <laughs> Char what are you doing? Just this afternoon, it happened again this afternoon. I went in to help him, uh, he's, he was calling out, he's like, Dad, I'm busting. I come in, he's just gone, all his clothes. I'm like, Charlie, why, why'd you take your clothes off? And he's like, I'm busting. I'm like, that has nothing to do with keeping your clothes on. Just keep your clothes on, man. He just, he loves not having clothes, that's just, him, right? So I have this little blonde-haired, blue-eyed, uncircumcised Philistine running through my house all the time. <laughs> it's like, right? That's, that's the boy's life, right? Just all the time, like, bud, you at least put some underwear on, kid, okay? So that's his favorite thing. He's a little Tarzan, right? So Colossians 12, here. Colossians 3, verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Verse 14, this is it. Above all, 
I like this. He's given a lot of information, and he stops and says, above all. So whenever you read something like that, you got to stop and take really good notice in the word, all right? Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. The Greek word for, that they chose to use the word clothe is just to simply put on. And I love that. The reason why I, I brought the story of my, my son is because he's little enough to remember that, you know, like it's more natural not to have clothes on, right? So we put clothes on when we started sinning in the, in the Garden of Eden, right? So he, he's like, hey, this is how God made me, right? So I'm going to run around starkers. Makes sense, right? So I have to get a lot of attention from my dad, and so it's funny, so he's going to continue to do it. The fact is, is it doesn't feel natural to wear clothes. I hope someday soon it does for him. Um, <laughs> right? I hope this hasn't happened down in kids, Bill. I hope it's, anyway, I'm pretty sure it hasn't. Praise God it hasn't. I'm just believing that. Anyway, the point is that it doesn't feel natural to put on agape. And the, the, the word that I love, this word to explain it more is that agape, as I was reading and researching, is they always relate it to uh, religion or divine power in order to outwork agape. In other means, it's not natural for a human to love in the form that God loved us. It's not, it's not in our nature, it's not in our human nature to agape for one another. It's not in our nature to lay down our life day in, day out for someone who just gave their life to Jesus and came into the body of Christ. That's not a natural thing. And so I love this, is the imagery we have as Christians is we must put it on and take it with us. It's a purposeful thing. Um, see, love is a commandment, not a recommendation. However, it is still our choice whether we put it on. So we must choose to constantly put it on. Amen? All right, point four as we're wrapping up here. Chase after a life of love. I love this. So in the message version, it says, go after a life of love or agape as if your life depended on it. Because it does. It does. Our lives depend on this type of love for our world. My wife's life depends on me laying my life down for her daily. My kid's life depends on me laying my life down so they can learn what the body of Christ is supposed to be like. Your life depends on me submitting my will and my own desires to the body of Christ so that God can outwork his best in you. Your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. My life depends on you giving the same back to me. I, we must run after this. We must chase after it. Like the cheetah. I always love these, you know, these things the cheetahs like hunting the gazelle right he's creeping down and everyone gets upset at the at the, at the cheetah because he you know he eats the gazelle because he haven't watched the predator and prey things i love it is watching this cheetah he is determined to chase down these animals sometimes they haven't eaten for weeks they've got a grumbling in their stomach they're down waiting to get this hunt so they can take it to their family weeks on end just waiting to finally get that hunt it's this hunger, this drive, a determination that I've got my eyes set on this task. Nothing else. This is all I need in order, in order for my family to survive for tomorrow, for today. I need this. I just felt this spirit come over me going, you need this kind of hunger. You need it every day. Although you've fed in the word, although you've prayed every day, although you come to church and you've got a good, good Christian family, you've got a good set of friends, you've got to have a hunger 
to chase after a lifestyle of agape. You've got to have a hunger inside of you because our world needs it. Our world needs us to be loving one another so that they can see that what we say and believe is actually real, that they see us chasing after the heart of God who is agape, who shows us what that looks like so that when we love each other, the world can see and actually believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. We must chase after this. I love this year. I just added in this last minute. As I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from, from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or above the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if I apply this, I'm going to go, nothing is going to stop me from giving God's love to our world. No angel or demon, no fear of mine or a worry for tomorrow is going to stop me from bringing God's love to the world because we are God's hands and feet, right, with the body of Christ. So everything I do, nothing's going to stop me from laying my life down for my body of Christ. I love this here, last, last thought. Galatians 5.22 is the, the fruit of the Spirit. As I was reading this, I was like, oh wow, this is really close to the characteristics in chapter 13, verses four to seven. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. The first one, agape, love, and then a joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I love how close those things relate to what love looks like, the characteristics. So when we walk in the Spirit of God, as Pastor Sam was saying, as we carry the Spirit of God with us everywhere, the fruit in our life, the first one is going to start at work and is agape. It's going to be love to the world. And that's going to bring joy. That's going to bring peace. It's going to bring patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Amen? I've got a thing here for you. A challenge. I think I already got past that. The, um, do we get this, try this with your name in it? Anybody ever seen this? This is really Christianese as well. This is a good thing to go, all right, today when I wake up, how, how can I love better? Because God's going to ask us how well we loved on earth. So I put my name in here. Can you say this, that Jared is patient and kind? Gosh, I want to get better at that. Jared is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. But better yet, even one step further, if we want to be a witness to the world, is the body of Christ patient and kind? Is the body of Christ not jealous or boastful or proud or rude? Is the body of Christ not demand its own way? The body of Christ is not irritable and keeps no records of being wronged by anybody. The body of Christ does not reject, does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. The body of Christ never gives up and never loses faith. The body of Christ is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's us tonight. Amen. As we're wrapping up, if you haven't come into relationship with Jesus Christ, and I want to say that this type of love, we can't do this on our own. We don't have the capacity to love like this on our own without Jesus in our life. And so I want to give you an opportunity now. So with every head bowed here in this place, I want to, I want to give an opportunity to those, you may be coming in, man, that sounds crazy, this bearded, short, white boy who's yelling up here about so much love and grapes and all this kind of stuff. But I just want to introduce to you my best friend, my comforter, my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer. He's my Father. 
He's the best thing that's ever come into my life. He is the only way I've been able to experience true love in my life. And I want to give you that opportunity tonight. I want to introduce you to him. You say, Jared, I want to, I want to be able to love like this because I know my world needs it. I know my family needs it. And I don't, I know I don't have that capacity, but I, I want to make myself right with God tonight so that you can fill me with your spirit so I can outwork this kind of love for my world. And I don't want to say anything that's just going to persuade you to do something against your own freedom and making this decision for your own. But I want to lovingly encourage you that this is the best decision and that tonight is your night. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next week. Tonight is your night to come into the most loving, amazing relationship with Jesus. So on the count of three, just so I know who I'm praying with and our team knows who we're praying with, when I say three, I just want you to raise your hand. If that's you tonight, you say, I want to get my life right with Jesus tonight. One, remember, he loves you so, so much that he gave his one and only son to die so that we could spend eternity with him. Two, there's nothing you've done that's, shock, that's shocking him or that's, you know, making him mad at you or angry at you. There's nothing you've done that he can't wipe clean, that he hasn't already wiped clean for you. If that's you tonight, three, would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with? Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.